never, never dull. But I have a new book out called Off the Edge, Flat Earthers, Conspiracy Culture, and Why People Will Believe Anything. And that is a delve into the Flat Earth movement, which I've been following for about five years now. Okay. This is... <laughs> This is going to be just, uh, I'm sure you've probably heard this from a million people, but we're still, we, we still, after all these years, believe the earth is flat. There's still people out there that think this. Yeah, you know, it's funny. <laughs> there's this myth that, there's this myth that we believed the earth was flat for ages and that Columbus thought he might go over the edge and Actually, that's not true. That doesn't give us quite enough credit. We've known for thousands of years that Earth is round, and it was only around the 1840s that we started seeing this emergence of flat Earth theory, which was as ridiculous then as it is now. But unfortunately, it has stuck around with us, and if anything, it's bigger than ever. I'm just amazed by this. I, I, I think... You know, this and the moon landing and all this other stuff, this has got to be one of the more bigger conspiracy theories is this uh, thing with the flat earth. Um, how did this all get, where, 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 where did this start as far as a resurgence and what people thought uh, that the Earth was flat. When 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 did the hell this get get picked up? So we can trace a lot of this movement uh, to one guy, really, a guy named Samuel Robotham. He's an English inventor in the 1800s. He was uh, an interesting fellow. He was a former leader of a failed utopian commune. Then he went on to try and sell uh, garbage in Europe miracle cures, and then uh, he pivoted to doing these experiments where he very clearly mismeasured the horizon lines and used those errors to start publishing books and going on lecture tours claiming Earth was flat. And although it was a crazy theory, it did start to convert some people. And his writings stuck around in circulation through the 1900s when they were kept alive by a certain uh, borderline cultic movement in Illinois and have simmered along until they were rediscovered by folks on the Internet. Um, And around 2014 is when this movement had its real big boom, and that was almost entirely online. The one thing I always find so strange about all this, all these conspiracy theories is that usually that's that's usually how this stuff starts is that there's some sort of one odd thing that takes place and so then immediately people go oh my god this is happening everywhere this is going along um for instance like with the moon landing uh you know I guess there was a film or something that was that was that was made that was just in case that the astronauts didn't make it back. Instead of alarming the country, they were going to show this film, and then when they made it back <laughs> and they were able to do all the things up 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 on the moon, they shelved that idea. And then years later, somebody found this film, and all of a sudden they're like, "Well, they faked the moon landing," and so it's like this. This tiny little thing that this guy wrote 
got out there. And now everybody and their brother's like, well, the earth's flat. <laughs> it's it so funny. strange. There's, there's, you can't. There's kind of a butterfly effect to it. And, you know, you you want to talk about a real butterfly effect with flat earth and the moon landing. Yes. Um, shortly after the moon landing, there was a satirical group that was mocking the Flat Earth Society. And the, uh, the moon <laughs> that group was the Oh, they're infighting. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Well, this the name of this group was the Man Will Never Fly Society, and they pretended that they didn't think uh, airplanes were possible. This was, of course, a joke group. It was full of astronauts and actual pilots, but they were the first ones to really start joking that what if the moon landing was fake, because it was such a bizarre proposition. And unfortunately, that theory actually caught on. And so, in a weird, indirect way, we can kind of blame flat earthers for the flat earth, uh, for the moon landing conspiracy theory as well. It is just so strange. We have got Kelly Wheel with us today. She is a reporter at the Daily Beast. She has a brand new book, Off the Edge. So, tell us a little bit about your writing process to bring this book to life. Sure thing. So, you know, I've always hung out in the weird corners of the internet, partially for my job and partially because I just like to see what people are talking about. And around uh, 2017, I started seeing people post a lot about flat earth. And I thought there was no way they were serious. I thought they were kidding. And so I dug into it and I found that there was actually a pretty significant movement of people who do believe this kind of thing. So I started hanging out with them. I went to their conferences and uh, made, you know, decent friends with some of them, uh, and stuck with them for a couple of years as I was reporting this book. And it's been, a, it's been a real trip to say the least. Kelly wheel joins us today. She is a reporter for the daily beast. She has this incredible book off the edge. You have put together a fabulous book here. What do you want readers to take away from your writing of this book? You know, I think I'd like people to take away that although conspiracy theories can sound ridiculous, I know Flat Earth definitely does, the people who believe it aren't necessarily stupid or gullible. You know, conspiracy thinking is something that we're all susceptible to, to a certain degree. I mean, everyone's probably got a conspiracy theory they believe. I certainly do. And so what I want people to take away from this is not that conspiracy theorists are out of their minds, but that they are falling prey to... You know, a kind of natural thought process. And when we understand that that's something that could happen to any of us, maybe we can understand how to help people out of that. Well, that is the one thing that I have always... And, and this, is, this is kind of, in a roundabout way, I feel sorry for some of these folks, like you were saying. There's, there's a lot of these people that they are terribly smart. They just happen to, for whatever reason... believe a certain thing like one of the big things here in the state of kansas and i guess i should just say in the midwest that everybody is all into is they keep they have this thing that child protective services are stealing children and selling them for money (laughs) that is a huge conspiracy theory in kansas texas oklahoma the midwest that's what they think and I have known several people who have worked at, like, SRS and Child Protective Services. And 
they they talk about how when they take some of these children out of bad situations, they give them, you know, money to put on like a little card so they can buy things. They can buy clothes, they can buy all the various things that they need to buy. And I think what happened is that maybe at one point there was a child protective group that might have not put the money on a card for someone and maybe spent it. And then that got out. And then they got fired. And now everybody and their brother believes this is going on. (laughs) And there's a lot of smart people that I know that believe this. And there are a lot of smart people that I know that believe in the flat earth thing. It, It... it's it's wild. It's it's, so it, strange. It really <laughs> and I think what these conspiracy theories are doing, be it flat earth or what you're talking about with yeah. child services, yeah. is that these theories kind of tap into a fear that we might have. Yes. You know? People are yes. worried about something happening to their kids or they're worried about being cosmically wrong. And yes. if you listen to certain committed believers, that can be pretty convincing. It is just, it's it's a weird, weird world we live in. We have got Kelly Wheel with us today. She's a journalist at the Daily Beast. She covers extremism, disinformation, and the internet, so she is perfect for this show. And uh, she is a leading media voice on the role of online conspiracy theories in current affairs. She has a brand new book, Off the Edge, Flat Earthers, Conspiracy Culture, and While People Will Believe anything so i guess but my, my thing with this is that flat earthers they they have all sorts of ways to get to the conspiracy theory um take us through this whole thing of how this first got started and what some of your first encounters was this with this because that, that that's fascinating i would love more details about that Sure thing. You know, I encountered Flat Earth online quite a bit, and I think that's how most Flat Earthers get started on it. They see something on YouTube, for instance, and they're curious, and so they'll click it, and, you know, five hours later, and they've been binging YouTube videos, and they're pretty convinced Earth is flat. Um, But my first real-life encounter with Flat Earthers was at a convention. 2018, I went, and I found myself in this two-day conference uh, where there were 600 flat earthers and very few people who thought earth was round. And that was really surreal for me, you know, realizing that I hold a radically different view of reality than almost everyone around me. Um, But it was interesting, too, in the ways that, you know, we were similar, the ways that you can still hold a conversation with someone who has these wildly different beliefs. And I, I just thought it was very interesting seeing you know, how we could get along and where the obstacles were in talking to these folks. The book is amazing. Off the Edge, Kelly Wheel with us today. So with all this stuff from the 19th century to present day, flat earth folks, they they somehow have managed to convince followers that they live on a flat disc. <laughs> What experiments can every can an everyday person that might be falling victim to this whole thinking conduct to prove that we do in fact live on the globe? I I have so I hate to ask you that question. <laughs> but I feel like there are people who are going to think this. Yeah, 
Sure thing. So the good news is that you can prove round earth pretty easily and in a fun way, too. You know, uh, I know Kansas isn't especially near any beaches, but go to a beach and watch the sunset either over a beach or over a flat stretch of land where you can see a long distance. And if you watch the sunrise or the sunset like that, you can see the sun dip below the horizon or rise above the horizon. And that simply doesn't work on a flat earth model. They think that the sun is maybe a little light in the sky that's moving around kind of like the hands on a clock. And when you see the horizon there for yourself, you can understand that that is the curvature of the earth that you're seeing. That's the earth spinning away from where it was at night and um, and moving back into position with the sun. So these are things you can observe by yourself. Um, and there's no reason, I think, in this day and age to fall for these theories if you're really looking at the science. We have got a great guest with us today. Kelly Wheel is with us off the edge. Flat earthers, conspiracy culture, when my people will believe anything. And she joins us today here on our big program. So what what are some of the other conspiracy theories that are out there that that you have heard that you have you have figured out over your time of researching and being involved with that it, it, it's just not going to happen. It's <laughs> just are not real. You know, you mentioned before the theory about uh child services selling kids and I've noticed a real and kind of scary spike in conspiracy theories that involve kids lately. You know, yes. There's a lot of theories, um, is like Pizzagate was one of them, for example, and QAnon, and the core claims of that is, are that um, you know prominent Democrats are selling kids out of the basements of pizzerias. And that sounds nutty, right? I mean, and yet they um, have inspired, frankly, some political violence. There was one pizzeria that was falsely accused of that in D.C., and Someone went and shot it up during lunch yep. hour when yep. there were kids eating there. Someone went and set its curtains on fire. So, you know, these are theories that, although they sound wacky, they have real followers who are willing to take some pretty extreme measures over them. Well, and then you have some of the folks that end up believing things like this because we have various politicians that will get in trouble for... <laughs> things to do with underage children and so it's like okay (laughs) maybe they are selling kids out of a pizzeria which first of all if they're going to be selling kids they're going to be doing out of out of a basement of a pizza place but (laughs) just is it that that's the one that i i also find so strange is that there's a lot of people that if, if you were going to be putting something together like like this, why would they think that if they're going to be doing this, why are they doing it out of the basement of a pizza place? <laughs> you know, that's what's so strange to me, too, because there are so many real, as you point out, real things to investigate, right? There are real horrors in the world. Yes. Um, but, you know, to... There's often, um, I find that conspiracy theorists often take what is a legitimate fear and kind of take it over the edge. They sort of present the Hollywood version, the really strange and unbelievable version. And I think why that might be is, you know, these theories are appealing because they're so sensational. 
people don't really want to believe uh, something that's boring evil. They want something that is, oh, just raises their curiosity and seems almost like the plot of a movie. And so that's my guess as to why we get these sensational claims when, as you point out, there are plenty of real things to be investigating in the world. Well, and there are there are a lot of there are a lot of things over the years that have been called conspiracy theories and then they've been proven out to be a real deal. And a lot of those you know, they they it was terribly easy to prove them out as real. And so when I see some of this stuff like the flat earth and the selling kids out of the basement of pizza places and things like this i'm like yeah, how how are you going to get to the fact that that is proven real because like you were saying with, with with the flat earth thing there's several ways to disprove that <laughs> there's several ways absolutely and you know the thing about when I talk about conspiracy theories a lot in this book, but I give a pretty specific definition of it because I am also worried about this kind of creep of the term, right, of calling everything a conspiracy theory. And yes. in fact, there are tons of real conspiracies, right? Watergate was a conspiracy theory yeah. until it was proven true. And it was proven. And yeah. so I think what we need to do is make room for uh, skepticism and doubt without making it our uh, default mode without going totally paranoid. So I think it's awesome that people are, you know, people want to dig for more information. But I think where the kind of conspiracy theories that I write about get a little dangerous is they encourage people to distrust everything in a way that I don't think is healthy. I think it kind of uh, erodes at how people view each other and interact with reality. So yes. I would encourage, you know, a mode of skepticism that also allows for belief and accepting reality when it proves itself to you. Well, Kelly, this book is tremendous. I really appreciate you uh, writing it first off. And uh, thanks for coming on our program. Before we let you go, how do people get in touch with you online, social media, websites, all these things? Sure thing. So, uh, Best place to follow me is on Twitter.com. My username is just my name. It's Kelly Weil, spelled W-E-I-L-L. And I'm posting all kinds of stuff about uh, book events and more conspiracy news. And if folks want to follow me there, that would be great. Fantastic. Well, before we let you go, what's next for you as an author? Uh, to be honest, I think I'm going to take a sanity break for about six months, and so maybe I'll look into the next <laughs> conspiracy awesome. theory. That's awesome. <laughs> well, Kelly, you are fantastic. This has been fun, and I definitely will talk to you soon. Have yourself a wonderful, wonderful afternoon. Thank you, my friend. Thank you. Have a good time. There she goes. That's Kelly Weil. I wish the press person wouldn't have said Kelly Weil. Kelly Weil whole damn interview however we're going to go to our next guest which is going to be kind of interesting Sharon is going to join us or not Sharon but yeah Sharon got more on the LA 
Attention Medicare beneficiaries. Are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. To find out which benefits you qualify for and to find out if you're getting the benefits that you deserve, you need to call Best Medicare. Our licensed insurance agents can look up your current benefits and tell you what additional benefits are available to you. It's easy. Just one call. Tell us the deductibles you prefer, the doctors you want to see, and if you want prescription drug coverage. The service is free and you have no obligation. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero co-pays on many services, and zero deductibles. You deserve every medical care coverage benefit out there and we'll help you get them. Call 800-991-7014. 800-991-7014. That's 800-991-7014. And let Best MedCare do the work for you. Now that we're home more than ever, we need to feel safe. Call it a sign of the times or the world we now live in. What do you want to keep safe? The people in your life? What do you want to protect? Your possessions? The things that belong to you? The things that you've worked hard for? Wouldn't it be nice to have tested, trusted 24-7 protection? Peace of mind, real protection that's always there for you and your whole family? Well, now you can with one of our state-of-the-art home security systems. Everyone thinks their home is safe until the unexpected happens. Start protecting your home and loved ones today with the affordable next generation in home security. To keep your family and property safe, call 1-800-676-1070. Representatives are standing by to assist you. That's 1-800-676-1070. Okay, we are going to go back live here on our big program here on, Jesus, at this point, amfm247.com. We are going to go to our next guest. I believe the band is called Nord. And uh, we are going to go to Nord. They are going to join us. We're going to ring the group. And we are going to see if we can get the band Nord in here. They are a Danish alternative metal quartet. And they are going to join us here in just a few moments. The band Nord. I think I got that right. We're waiting on Nord to join us. And uh, once we have Nord, we will be uh, talking to the Danish Alternative Metal Quartet. And they have released a second single, Seasons Erased, from their upcoming debut album. And uh, they look like they could uh, invade a country uh, by their promo pick. And so we shall see what we can see with the band Nord. So... While we wait on Nord, you can get a hold of us online at JiggyJaguar.com. Dial us up over there at J-I-G-G-Y-J-G-U-A-R.com. We are live video on KJagRadio.com as well. Probably because I put the embed on both sites. So we have live video in two spots. We also have on-demand podcasts via iHeartRadio. We are also on live on the AMFM247.com. And uh, 
podcasts on talk shoe as well as many other places and uh, uh, and on the link I've got to send them a message because I sent them a deal that I was in the middle of doing an interview and apparently they are not going to be with us today. So the band Nord, we're getting a call from somebody. Doctor, how are you, my friend? Pretty good, actually. I am just finishing up an interview here. Um, okay. I'm going to give you a call back as soon as I am finished with the other interview, and we will get you on with us, okay? No problem. Appreciate it, my friend. Appreciate it. Okay, so the band Nord is going to be done. We don't have them, so I guess what we'll do is we will jump off there. Nothing from Nord. I don't know what a Nord is. I don't know what a Norm does. Where it is. So let's do this. Let's take a time out when we come back. We'll have more on the other side. you don't have final expense insurance, this message is for you. Life Care provides valuable whole life insurance to help cover final expenses, medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debt. A final expense insurance policy is fast, easy, affordable life insurance available to anyone between the ages of 50 and 80. No medical exams, no lengthy questionnaires, and no waiting period. Call Life Care at 800-926-6092. 800-926-6092. 800-926-6092. Life Care provides valuable whole life insurance to cover final expenses such as medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debt. A final expense insurance policy is fast, easy, affordable life insurance that's available to anyone between the ages of 50 and 80. No medical exams, no lengthy questionnaires, and no waiting period. The application process is quick and easy. You can even apply without having to undergo a medical examination. Just answer a few questions and we'll do the rest. With the average funeral cost skyrocketing to $11,000 and Social Security only paying $255, you need simple, affordable peace of mind for you and your whole family. Don't leave behind unpaid expenses, expenses that, if left unattended, will burden your family tremendously. Benefits include a guaranteed premium that will never increase, a guaranteed cash value, and a guaranteed death benefit that can never decrease. To find out how you can get final expense insurance with a guaranteed lifetime rate lock, call LifeCare at 800-671-0247. Moving can be one of the most stressful things you'll ever do. And at Moving APT, we specialize in taking the stress and strain out of your move. Whether you have a one-bedroom apartment or a 10-bedroom mansion, you can feel safe and confident that Moving APT will get the job done. On time, hassle-free, and at the guaranteed lowest price. That's right, we will meet or beat any quote. That's our price match guarantee. At Moving APT, we never sacrifice quality or service. 
Licensed, bonded, and insured, you always get the best price. So if you're planning an out-of-state move within the next 30 to 60 days and you need a full-service moving company, you owe it to yourself to give us a call. We do it all, packing all your belongings, moving and unpacking. Leave the stress and strain behind and call Moving APT, America's number one interstate movers, now. For a free quote, give us a call. 800-209-9350. 800-209-9350. 800-209-9350. Attention Medicare beneficiaries! Are you getting all the benefits you need? If you have Medicare, you may now be able to get new benefits. Benefits may include eyeglasses, wellness visits, gym membership, meal delivery, and hearing aids with low copay. To find out which benefits you qualify for and to find out if you're getting the benefits that you deserve, you need to call Best Medicare. Our licensed insurance agents can look up your current benefits and tell you what additional benefits are available to you. It's easy. Just one call. Tell us the deductible you prefer, the doctors you want to see, and if you want prescription drug coverage. The service is free and you have no obligation. You may even find plans with zero monthly plan premiums, zero co-pays on many services, and zero deductibles. You deserve every medical care coverage benefit out there and we'll help you get them. Call 800-991-7014. 800-991-7014. That's 800-991-7014. And let Best MedCare do the work for you. Now that we're home more than ever, we need to feel safe. Call it a sign of the times or the world we now live in. What do you want to keep safe? The people in your life? What do you want to protect? Your possessions? The things that belong to you? The things that you've worked hard for? Wouldn't it be nice to have tested, trusted 24-7 protection? Peace of mind, real protection that's always there for you and your whole family? Well, now you can with one of our state-of-the-art home security systems. Everyone thinks their home is safe until the unexpected happens. Start protecting your home and loved ones today with the affordable next generation in home security. To keep your family and property safe, call 1-800-676-1070. Representatives are standing by to assist you. That's 1-800-676-1070. 1-800-676-1070. If you don't have final expense insurance, this message is for you. LifeCare provides valuable whole life insurance to help cover final expenses, medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debt. A final expense insurance policy is fast, easy, affordable life insurance, available to anyone between the ages of 50 and 80. No medical exams, no lengthy questionnaires, and no waiting period. Call LifeCare at 800-926-6092, 800-926-6092, 800-926-6092. LifeCare provides valuable whole life insurance to cover final expenses such as medical bills, burial costs, and unpaid debt. A final expense insurance policy is fast, easy, affordable life insurance that's available to anyone between the ages of 50 and 80. No medical exams, no lengthy questionnaires, and no waiting period. The application process is quick and easy. You can even apply without having to undergo a medical examination. Just answer a few questions and we'll do the rest. With the average funeral costs skyrocketing to $11,000 and Social Security only paying $255, you need simple, affordable peace of mind for you and your whole family. Don't leave behind unpaid expenses, expenses that, if left unattended, will burden your family tremendously. Benefits include a guaranteed premium that will never increase, a guaranteed cash value, 
value and a guaranteed death benefit that can never decrease. To find out how you can get final expense insurance with a guaranteed lifetime rate lock, call LifeCare at 800-671-0247. Moving can be one of the most stressful things you'll ever do. And at Moving APT, we specialize in taking the stress and strain out of your move. Whether you have a one-bedroom apartment or a 10-bedroom mansion, you can feel safe and confident that Moving APT will get the job done. On Welcome back to our big broadcast. We are live coast-to-coast on iHeartRadio today. Also, amfm247.com. Tune in. iTunes. You can get a hold of us online at com. And we have got a great guest who is going to join us here in just a few seconds here on our big broadcast. And she is a comedian. She is a fantastic comedian. Sharon Simon is with us. She's going to join us here in just a few seconds here on our broadcast. And you can get more information online. She has been doing uh, comedy for a while, and she is tremendous. And uh, we welcome in the fantastic Sharon Simon with us here on our big program. Sharon, welcome to the program. How are you, my friend? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on your show. So, Sharon, you have been doing this comedy thing for a heck of a long time. Tell me a little bit about how you got started doing the comedy thing, because uh, I'll tell you, it takes a lot of effort to do stand-up comedy. Tell us a little bit about all this, my friend. Oh, it's so much work, but it's all absolutely worth it. So I always thought I was going to be an actress. I moved out to L.A. I did all of that stuff, and I kind of had enough of the rat race of it. I gave up, and I started taking classes in business, and then... 2001, 9-11 happened. I realized that I was very unhappy in my life and that we can all go anytime. So it's more important to do things you love doing than things that bring in a lot of money. And I started trying stand-up. The first time I did it, I got drunk and I was terrible. But I pushed myself to try it again. And the second time, I was awesome. And I knew it was something I was going to be doing for the rest of my life. Awesome. Awesome. So, um, when when you started doing the comedy thing, who were some of your inspirational heroes, influences, things of this nature? So, I grew up listening to the Smothers Brothers and Phyllis Diller, and I think that those are names that's that awesome. Phyllis Diller, I haven't heard that name in years. Yeah, yeah, but that's who I first heard. So to say that they influenced me is, you know, I grew up hearing them. But I also grew up watching Saturday Night Live. I was blessed to be on Saturday Night Live at a young age. And wow. that style of sketch really influenced me. I didn't have cable. My family never had cable, so we didn't see those late-night stand-up specials that other people saw. Um, Judy Tenuta was often on Channel 9, so I'd see her... And That's another name I haven't heard in, in years. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've been a long time, so I wouldn't be influenced by some of the names that are pretty current today. 
These days, I take my inspiration more from musicians and bands than I do from other stand-up comedy. That's great. It is a great guest with us today. Sharon Simon is with us here on our program. So, how has social media over the years affected your comedy? Because it seems like that social media nowadays is just the thing, and people have just not understood how all this works. So, I don't mind it, and it gives me a chance reach out to more people all over the world. However, a lot of people who are extraordinarily savvy at social media gain these tremendous followings by posting short clips of themselves. And then people go out to see them when they're in their town and they may not have an hour of material. They may not be able to hold themselves for long periods of time on the stage. And, uh, it's like a mixed bag. It's great that I get to reach out to people all over the world and I can post little clips and things like that, but it's a negative in that some people get ahead from it before they're actually able to hold themselves as a pro on the stage. So when you started and doing... Things like that are... Yes. Go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, like my that friend. Are important because sometimes people only see comment, stand-up comedy for the first time live and they don't have a good time and they don't go to see stand-up comedy again so when when you started to do stand-up comedy what were some of the some of the trials and tribulations you went through so when i started in 2001 and 2002 there were far fewer females in comedy than there are today today it's a woman's world back then it was 100 percent a man's world that was a good thing and a bad thing the good thing in that oftentimes people would want diversity to look for a female so I would have an in on shows pretty quickly. But it was also a negative in that there was a lot of uh, a lot of sexism and a lot of like, what can you do for me if I'm gonna be on your show? Um, that went on and it's it's gotten way better now in that respect. So when when you've gotten out there and you've done all the various things, uh, the Saturday Night Live thing is very interesting to me. Mm-hmm. Tell me this story. How did you end up on Saturday Night Live and being involved with this? Because that th- there there is not a lot of folks that can say, "Hey, I did Saturday Night Live early on." <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things where your opportunity. It's preparation. I was auditioning on a very regular basis. I was auditioning for commercial work. You haven't met me, so you wouldn't know, but if you've seen my pictures, it would be very odd that anybody would ever hire me to be in a commercial, because commercials are generally looking for people who look like everybody, and there's no part of me that does. But I was auditioning regularly and trying so, so hard and one day my manager got me an interview for Saturday Night Live, and I nailed it in the first interview because I belong in places like that. And it I think was that's great. Yeah, I think that yeah, is yeah, tremendous. You know, it's getting that audition. It's like one step leads to the next step leads to, to booking the job. Now, tell me a little bit about what your process is, like your your writing process for your comedy or, or manufacturing a bit or but put, putting it together. 
it varies. So I am very blessed to be struck with comedy gold about once every other month. But that only happens because I write on a regular basis. I try to make a point of writing for four hours a week of free writing. And oftentimes I'll sit at my computer and I play the office in the background so I feel like I have coworkers, and I just type away and nothing comes of it. But if I do that, I get my brain sort of geared into looking for things that are funny. And as I'm going about in my life, a joke will come to me. And then, and then I, feel very, I feel very lucky when that happens. Once in a while, this, this actually happened recently, I will have an idea for a bit that I cannot make work. And usually I drop the bit figure it's not going to work, it's not a good bit, but sometimes I will keep pressing and keep working on it, rewriting it, asking other comedians their opinions, trying different tags, trying different punchlines, putting it in a different order until finally something solid comes of it. That's great. We have got a great guest with us today. She joins us live here in a broadcast. Sharon is with us. So you you have managed to... Uh, to do some really cool stuff. How do you deal with hecklers when you're doing your stand-up routines? I love hecklers, and I hate hecklers. Like, if, you're, if you're working on a bit, you have the setup, you have the punchline, you have the tag, you have the direction you want it to go in. Yeah, and then sometimes people think they're funnier than the comic by just sort of interrupting. <laughs> they think and they're funnier than the, the comic. Oh, so often people think that being funny and being a stand-up comic are not the same thing. You know that. But I've always been, I'm from New Jersey. I started out doing comedy in Jersey bars where you're battling the television, you're battling people playing pool. You're oh, I'll tell you, Jersey's like a whole nother country. So somebody interrupting <laughs> me is an easy, easy thing for me. Yes. Well, I'll tell you, I, I took a trip to New Jersey a few years ago. Because one of our one of our photographers decided he he was originally from New Jersey and he just was found and determined he had to move back home, and uh, so he, uh, he he didn't want to take the trip by himself. So I went with him, and I'll tell you, New Jersey's a whole other country, my friend. Where are you from? I am originally from Kansas, of all places, but I'll oh, tell wow. you, going to New Jersey. Uh, what was great was we went to a couple bars, and you ain't a kidding. You're battling everything you can battle out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely, and they're and they're rough too. Yes, New comedy is some of the roughest comedy I've done. Like performing in New York, they're 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 kind of looking for you to be smarter than them. Performing anywhere else. Country, they come in looking to have a good time, but in New Jersey, they come in drunk. They come in ready for a fight half the time. So, one of the things that I've noticed with comedians and a lot of the different comedians that I've interviewed over the years, I, a lot of them, I'll may I'll ask them, you know, as far as like having a bad crowd or having a bad night or whatever. I get different reactions. I, I, I get the first one, which is uh, it is your responsibility of the, as the comedian 
to keep everybody entertained. And if you're not going to be able to do that, then you didn't do your job. And then there's other people that say, you know, sometimes it's just a bad room. Where do you come down on this? So I would say, and, and you came cut in and out. A hey, little that's bit, fine. That's fine. I can. I think I got what you saying. Um, in my opinion, there are definitely nights. So first off, if the crowd likes you when you get on stage, it's so, so easy. And if they decide they don't like you in the first few minutes, it's an uphill battle the entire time. But yes. I'm a professional. You hire a professional to do a specific task. So if you hire a comic to make people laugh and they are not making people laugh, they're not doing their job, in my opinion. That's awesome. That is that is fantastic because I know that, for instance, uh, and, and this is just because I have seen many a comedy show where it is it is great, it's executed well, the comedians are funny, all the stuff. And then there's other places, like, for instance, <laughs> which is kind of ironic after the email that I sent you. But um, <laughs> the, uh, uh, Hutchinson, Kansas, where, where I am based. Um, comedy, people want to do comedy shows like nobody's business in this town. Oh, they're all about comedy. Holy smokes, comedy, comedy, comedy. Return to the comedy, man. All, all, all the bullshit. And... Comedy audiences in Hutchinson, comedy doesn't work because the comedians have, have to come out and perform to a crowd that has their arms crossed and they have this look on their face like, make me laugh. And it's oh, yeah. very hard <laughs> to get things going. However, there is one venue, and I, and I don't know why this is, but there is a venue called the Red Shed that does comedy shows and they pack people in and people are having a good time. And the only thing I can think of is that if it's a different crowd, it's also a BYOB thing and people are there for comedy. They're showing up for comedy. Whereas these other venues, it's they hold them at breweries. They hold them at bars so people are there to drink. They're not there for comedy. <laughs> and that's the only thing I can think is the reason why comedy doesn't work, except for one place, is because of the crowd. Have you had this experience going places where you have crowds that just, they're flat out, they flat out don't give a shit. <laughs> of course, of course. I do. I've been doing comedy five or six nights a week for years. So some of the shows I do that people are not happy to be there, they look like they're being held hostage, for sure. It's still my job to make them laugh. Yes. Well, you if are I tremendous. That, I have no reason to be a stand-up comic. Well, it's it's uh, a pretty cut-and-dry thing that we do. Yes. I love music. I, in, in a way, Music makes people feel good no matter what. But if you are trying to make people laugh and they aren't laughing... They tend to feel bad. Yes. Yeah. So, before we let you go, how do people get in touch with you online? 
book you for shows, get involved with what you're doing, all this? So my website is Simon Says Laugh. My last name is Simon, so I just, a friend of mine suggested that I play off of that, and I do. So my website is Simon Says Laugh. You can find all of my links to social media there. It it's, makes it easier than spelling them all out to you. But I have clips online. I do things in the metaverse. So even if you don't live near me, you can still follow me and be a fan, and I would love to meet you. Awesome. Awesome. Well, you are great. You have uh, definitely got uh, a, a presence about you, and uh, you're great. And um, Thank you. I sent you an email. I want you to read that, and then I want you to get back with me because I, I sent you a whole bunch of people <laughs> for you to contact. Thank you. Thank you. So uh, I will talk to you soon. Sharon, you are amazing. Have yourself a wonderful day, my friend. So are you. Thank you so much. Thank you, my friend. There she goes. That is Sharon Simon. And we are going to take a brief time out. I believe we have Niall Nickel coming up here in a few moments. He is going to join us on the big program. Yes, that Niall Nickel, the fantastic Niall Nickel. And, uh... We are going to go to him. Uh, In fact, I am going to see if I can just call him back. Because that would be fantastic if I could just give him a holla, 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 as they say. I don't know who's saying it. don't know why they're saying it. They are indeed saying it. And you are joining us here on our big program. I'm just going to call Niall Nickel. A great Nile Nickel, that guy. We're gonna see if Nile Nickel is there. We'll see if Nile. Nile, pick up the phone, Nile. Nile, Nile. Well, well, good afternoon, sir. How are you? I'm finer and frog too, but I get better. <laughs> <laughs> you always got to get your you you you're like an old indie wrestler. You you you've got to get your stuff in. You're uh, <laughs> you're great. Uh, Niall Nickel with us today. He joins us here on our big program, and um, it has been a, an interesting um, deal. Um, I know that several weeks ago we uh, we were talking about all these various things that are happening around the world when it comes to technology and slowly but surely uh technology is causing all sorts of problems and one of the things that and and i i don't know if you're going to be talking about this today or not but something that i saw the other day and i instantly thought of you anytime any type of shenanigans with technology takes place. I instantly think of our friend Niall Nickel. Um, CNN has been taking video and has been doing video and things from the from this Ukraine war with Russia, and they have been running clips on CNN and they have been asking people to send them clips, and they're like, "You need to geotag." the photos and the videos that you send and because they want to be able to make sure that they're real. And they also want to be able to make sure that they can properly find you and pay you and all these various things. And I get all that, 
But what has happened, Niall? <laughs> and I cannot wait for you to speak on this because I know that you're going to have something for us. Is the fact that fairly recently, in fact, last week, there was a group of folks who were taking video from a hospital and the hospital was cleared out and they were hunkered down in this hospital and they were taking video and they geotagged it and the russians got on found the geotag sent a missile and blew up the hospital what do you think about all this with the fact that <laughs> everybody's got the information so uh yeah, I I don't normally do this. And by the way, this I'm not making any money on this. <laughs> no. I don't have no. an affiliate link for it or anything else, but there's a there's a book out. Okay. By Jacob uh, Helberg. It's called The Wires of War: Technology and the Global Struggle for Power. And uh, I will I, have to track uh, this guy down. <laughs> yeah. I want to um, interview him. I, it, if you if you get on my Twitter link, you could find it. But again, okay. the wires Fantastic. of war, technology, and the global struggle for power by Jacob Helberg. Um, he was a Google um, sort of uh, he was a director level, I, I believe. Um, I'm sorry, he was the former news policy lead at Google. Yes, and uh, so you know he knows a little bit about what he was what he's talking about and. What he does in this book is he goes through sort of the geopolitical implications related to uh, to technology today, whether it's Google, whether it's Amazon, Facebook, Twitter, ByteDance, i.e. TikTok, uh, or maybe <laughs> just your cellular phone because it happens to go over the Huawei network or something like that. Um, and um, he specifically focuses primarily on China and what China is doing with this technology. But he covers quite a bit of, of uh, Russian interference and in what Russia's been doing. And since we have seen the, the issues in Ukraine, um, everything that he's talked about, you're starting to see happen. So... Uh, absolutely, positively. Um, you you put a geotag on something, and you just said, "Hey, guess where I am?" Um, you know, there's there's a lot of ways around that. But if you're geotagging a live video, for example, well, not so much. Yeah. Um, if you geotag something and then you know you post it two weeks later, but that's old news then, right? Um, you know, you could you could not be in the location it's geotagged. However. Um, you have to remember, when you post something, it is public. And there are a number of people um, and governments uh, and other nefarious organizations that, uh, that literally are searching for certain keywords in social media posts, uh, in videos and things like that. And if they find them or see them, they're going to drill down on it. And they're going to try to find out where you are. Yes. Um, and, you know, if, if, if we're talking about just what, you know, is happening there, you know, let's just talk about Twitter for, uh, for a moment. Just in the last week, Twitter happened to ban a number of accounts. Uh, the last tag was 100, not very many, but I, I think it's multiplied with a couple of zeros after that. They, and they've removed the accounts for where people are posting with, the hashtag, a hashtag post. Now, 
whether you agree or disagree with the hashtag post, they're removing accounts because of a hashtag that was attached. The hashtag was, I stand with Putin. So, um, you know, if you want to get your, your Twitter account banned, um, just put that hashtag in there, and uh, that takes care of shutting <laughs> down for you. Nelson, if you want to you get thrown off Twitter, that is the best way to do it. Yeah, yeah it's really fast today. So, um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that doesn't surprise me at all. Um, you know, we've got, we've got people being fired from their jobs because of things that they post. Uh, you know, it's, it's starting to hit home more often, and it's getting bigger and bigger. Uh, certainly, hashtagging uh, a picture or a video in a war zone, probably not a smart thing to do. <laughs> no, no. Well, b- besides this, what, what, what else do you have for us today, my friend? Because I know you always have some interesting things. Well, you know, there, there is really <laughs> so much going on right now. Since we're talking about the, uh, the, uh, the Russia situation and what's going on there, right now, you might think this is uh, funny, but you probably haven't thought about it this way. Russia is now in a race with North Korea to see who could become more isolated. So, wow. you know, Russia's losing Internet connectivity on all sorts of platforms. You almost can't name one that they haven't been banned from. They've got financial transactions that are backing away, uh, banks, airlines, uh, nobody's flying there now, uh, you know, sporting uh, events, all sorts of stuff. I mean, Formula One just canceled the Grand Prix. World Cup skiing events have been canceled. They even had the International Chess Federation that was going there with over 200 yes, countries represented. And yes. yeah, they canceled that. It's not going to Russia now. So Russia and North Korea, they, they may be pretty close to the same here shortly. We have got a great guest with us today. Niall Nickel is with us, the independent freelance science and technology reporter. So what is the next story in, in, in your... Uh, in your list here, my friend. In my bag of tricks? Yes. <laughs> so I don't know if you've heard of Apple's AirTags. Uh, they were created to help track personal items. I mean, you know, you put it in your laptop bag or your purse or, you know, you attach it to your keys, whatever it may be. And that way, if you happen to misplace them, you could use your phone and it will take you right to those items. Sounds like a great thing, right? Well, what happens if somebody attaches one of their air tags to, you know, their friend, their date, uh, somebody that they might have a crush on, they, they attach it to their, their purse or their car or, you know, drop it in a piece of clothing or something like that. And the next thing you know, you've just put a tracker on yourself for your newest uh, and uh, technology-savvy uh, uh, stalker. So, uh, Apple is now trying to figure out what to do about this. Obviously, they're getting a lot of bad publicity because there's bad things happening with these air tags. Uh, so one of these things sounded great, uh, great idea. Uh, however, that great idea could be used against you. Uh, so you, you've got to be careful with that. We have got a great guest with us today. Niall Nicholas with us. So, Niall, uh, what is the next story on your list? So do you use Zelle at all, you know, that money transfer app? No, I do not, because I believe that a lot of these money transfer apps, I, I, I barely use PayPal. I, I believe all this other stuff, Cash App and all this other stuff, I always, I, I, 
I, I don't trust any of that nonsense, but I have heard of this. Well, you know, you're, you're in the minority. Well, uh, if you could believe it, just this country last year, people sent 490 billions with a B through Zelle compared to 230 billion through Venmo, its closest rival. But if you put those two together, you know, you're talking well over, uh, a half a trillion dollars that are going through these cash apps. Uh, the problem with that is, is most people have those cash apps on their phone. And what happens in the event you lose your phone? Well, if you don't have the right security in place, and you know how people are with security, not that I'd be that way or anything like that, but um, if, if you have to lose your phone, somebody picks it up and your Zelle app is, is opened or not locked down, well, guess what they could do? They could transfer money right out of your bank account. Now, up until very recently, uh, that wasn't protected at all. Uh, if somebody stole your phone, they got into your Zelle app, they could literally transfer whatever they wanted to transfer as often as they wanted to until they ran your bank account out of money. And if you don't think it happened frequently, over 18 million Americans were defrauded through those apps just in 2020. 18 million <laughs> That's not a not a small number. Uh, the FTC uh, just came out and said, uh, "Guess what, banks?" Um, and I said, "FTC, forgive me. It's the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. Uh, they issued guidance to banks about uh, what sort of protections they had to offer and all of that. And in the event your phone is stolen." And you've got a police report on it and all that good stuff. Um, they're not supposed to hold you liable for those transfers. However, some banks are still doing that. So if you're using those apps and you've been scammed and it wasn't you that authorized the, the transaction, uh, then you might be able to get your money back. But if you authorized the transaction, even though it was a fraudulent one, um, you're up a creek without a paddle. It is a fantastic, fantastic Nile Nickel. So, Nile, as we wrap up here with you, my friend, how do people get in touch with you online? Easiest way is go to, as you like to call it, that Twitter box, and uh, get me at Twitter, at Nile Nickel, and that's Nile like the river, Nickel like the coin. Happy to entertain your questions. You could read some of what I talk about, uh, and including all of the auto racing coverage I do. Well, I will definitely talk to you next week. Thanks for doing this, my friend, and uh, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Niall. Until then, stay safe. Appreciate it, brother. There he goes. Thanks for joining us. We will see you next time here on a world famous Chicky Jaguar Radio Broadcast.